This podcast is made possible by Sage Intact and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Vincent Bertanti, CFO of Firehouse Subs, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leaders Podcast. This is episode 253. How as a finance leader are you driving change in your organization? How are you driving change within your organization? Hello, we're speaking to Jesse Yao, the former CFO of Sauces and Frozen Foods Business Unit at Kraft Heinz, who spoke to us about zero-based budgeting, ZBB. When, when we put in these big changes um, with ZBB and also aligning with the culture, we find that companies do want to change. However, companies don't necessarily always want to go through the pain and the work of changing. Uh, they want the creative destru- destruction. They don't want to pay the cost of it. Um, so there's a magical moment around the middle where you see most of the, the systems and routines being put in place where where the benefits, you start to see the benefits and the culture and the reaction as you be in a company starts turning. And then it goes from, oh my gosh, this is so much, or we don't need this, or, you know, resistance to, wow, this is something great. And the conversation has changed towards what if we did these things? How, what if we innovated here? What if we improved in this way? So this magical uh, transition of how um, people think about GDP as the changes occur, as the savings come in. Listen to our complete interview with Jesse after these words from our sponsor. It's a question every growing business must answer. How do you scale your organization to accommodate growth while reducing risk? Sage Intech provides the instant visibility into deep operational and financial requirements that inform decision-making when scale is top of mind. By automating error-prone manual tasks and allowing your team to focus on the analysis of more accurate information, Sage Intech provides the visibility required to confidently scale your organization. Sage Intact is the only AICPA preferred provider of cloud financial management software. Okay. Hello, we're speaking to Jesse Yao, the former CFO, Sauces and Frozen Foods business unit at Kraft Heinz. Now, Jesse had uh, joined Heinz back in 2013, shortly after the company was taken private by 3G Capital and Berkshire Hathaway. Uh, His tour of duty there was intricately involved in the transformation of Heinz into Kraft Heinz and in the adoption of zero-based budgeting by the newly merged entity. Jesse, welcome. Thanks, Jack. Happy to be involved. Well, we want to explore this chapter with you and how you uh, became involved in the merger there and how uh, zero-based budgeting is even now leading you down new paths. But first, uh, take us back in time, because you really enter the CFO office from an atypical door of entry. Um, but but let's go even earlier, for instance. You get your, your start at Con Edison, where you arrived from Cornell, where you had studied uh, electronic engineering. And along the way, you do get an MBA at Yale. But still, uh, how do you get from A to B? Help us understand. Give us some sense of the timeline, too. Okay. 
Yeah, th- thanks, Jack. So I started at Con Edison, and there I was just an engineer working with people from all walks of life, from PhDs down to uh, construction crews, right, or power plant chemists. And um, after a few years in Con Edison, um, I transitioned to investment banking at J.P. Morgan through Yale. And you know, I made the leap to investment banking. I made the I made the leap to J.P. Morgan mainly through really networking through the business school system and really, really polishing my financial toolkit. So uh, you could say that at Yale, I outworked a lot of my classmates who were recruiting for investment banking. I think my classmates would say the same thing. And uh, I worked in terms of uh, boning up on finance because I have no finance background. Uh, I worked in terms of meeting people, um, doing well interviews, just, just really boots to the ground and doing what was necessary to get a job. There's really no magic there. And then once... I got into investment banking. I just worked even harder for whatever time was there. Investment banking, in order to outwork other people, investment banking is really, really difficult. But gave it my best shot. Did well, obviously. So um, eventually I got a call from 3G Capital and Berkshire Hathaway who had just bought Heinz. And um, the reason I chose to, to leave investment banking was, you know, I learned all the technical skills and I wanted to really expand my skill set. So the idea that they... The Kraft Heinz was known as 3G Capital at the time. If you remember back in the Take Private, Warren Buffett said 3G Capital is renowned for their expertise as operators and the best in the business. So that was something I definitely wanted to learn. When I arrived, I was actually told I was going to do cash flow. So they, they didn't tell me anything about ZDB. But on the first day, they said, you're not doing cash flow. They changed my job on the first day. They said, you're doing ZDB. So I had to just learn it from scratch. I had to go into the back-end ERP systems. And... Um, a lot of the things we ended up doing for ZDB and all the other areas of finance were unique. Um, we, we, we took what they've 3G had done in the past and we built on it. We innovated new ways of viewing the P&L. We rebuilt how the P&L flows. Um, we looked at ways, better ways to value CapEx, to look at cash flow. To We took ZDB and how they did it and we created a new tool. We created new um, ways to measure things, benchmark things, uh, to budget things. Now, you mentioned, I just want to mention, you mentioned uh, very quickly there, you mentioned the ERP application that's behind a lot of this. And I'm curious, did you have experience working with, you know, ERP applications in the past? And was this your baptism as you uh, sought to sort of bone up on ZBB? Complete baptism. Absolutely complete baptism. Um, I, I was asked, it's a funny story, um, I was asked to do something in the first three months, which was, you know, it's not going to make any sense. It's, I was asked to map the ZBB and the entire financial infrastructure to the P&L, which, which doesn't exist anywhere else in a few months. I was able to do it in the time frame given. And my, my supervisor at the time, when I finished, he said, I actually thought you would fail. But congratulations on being successful. You did it. So it was complete bat- baptism and something no other company that is owned by 3G has done before. And from there, um, we branched down to several other areas, and we developed very other similar routines building on the ERP work we did. An um, example of, of, well, some of the tools that came out of that work were um, through Hyperion Financial Planning and business um, and in business tools, we, we we were able to create, right? We were able to create a budget system 
that can actually reach out to a thousand users and collect data. Uh, when we first first budgeted ZBB, um, we had to use Excel, and when, as you know, having a thousand Excel files floating around a company can be pretty disastrous. So we're able to create a whole new tool that piggybacks on Hyperion Financial Planning that is able to aggregate all those tools and data and create one cohesive uh, plan budget that flows into all these other systems. Maybe you can describe for us uh, zero-based budgeting and how you view uh, ZBB as uh, transforming organizations and impacting organizations. Absolutely. Um, ZBB at its, at its center in terms of the actual budgeting part is really activity-based costing. So if you can identify all the activities you're doing and the reason you're doing it, you can create a bottoms-up budget. You can track against it. But then one, if you pull back the cover on that, one layer underneath that is what are the drivers of those activities? You could break down travel into trips or projects or you, know, you, could, you could take another dimension of these projects. And that's that's project-based costing or, you know, and it depends on the area of cost, but there are systems that you could build and buy or develop that will feed the activities, right? So then you could say, okay, here's a whole, you know, uh, project that has these POs, uh, purchase orders, and these purchase orders feed into system X way and has all these um, areas of costing that feed into ZVB. These already all exist and can be developed further. Uh, incrementally, there are ways to optimize your purchase order system, your your T and E system to control costs, right? So that you actually are spending the money you want to spend the money on and putting a proper control in place. So there's several ancillary systems in the entire ZBB ecosystem that all feed into um, the core uh, financial visibility. But as, as we go from company to company, we find that these other systems don't have that much value unless the base systems are in place. Unless you have that visibility in place, having um, a lot of projects that uh, on its own in isolation don't really add a lot of value because you can't see it hitting the P&L. Or if you control the purchase order system and you don't have the power visibility to connect what's feeding there and what you need to feed there, then it, then it just becomes an administrative burden. Right, so you need to get the visibility and the culture change first before you can add these other layers on top. But absolutely, there's a whole ecosystem. And once these secondary systems are put in, then you can do great things like benchmarking. You can benchmark yourself against best-in-class companies. You can benchmark your uh, internal regions against best-in-class regions. So then you can start to see who's doing what in all areas of the world and carry best practices and then budget those best practices, right? Um, one thing you can do with ZBB is you can look at vendors. If you can see if you're buying something, you can push all the volume centrally, hopefully by location or by vendor and, and increase your negotiating power. So centralizing the information, um, translating the data and cleaning it in a way that can be used to push oper operational change and then feedback into um, vision and execution change and executability is, is the power of all this. Now, were they moving in this direction already, uh, but the, the merger was the trigger? Absolutely. So, so they went into the merger. We had specific targets. Here's, here, here are all the cuts and here are the synergies for which we're going to build our plan on. 
right? And then identify certain levers. Here, here are all the cost savings that we can get from ZDB. Here are all the, here are all the other areas like closing factories that we can get. But there's a gap between identifying potential areas and actually getting the savings to hit the P&L. And that gap is all the nuts and bolts that we put together um, in terms of getting the right systems, setting the right targets, establishing the right owners, um, giving those owners visibility to affect change, uh, having the feedback, um, uh, course correcting quickly using the systems we had so that if we made a mistake, which everyone does, you can actually uh, prevent, properly forecast, or uh, change change the thing, correct, correct the actions that you you did take, right? So, um, closing the gap between set targets and achievement through execution is where all these systems can play. Is where we really shine. Shined. Now, did you? Um, who's around the table rolling up their sleeves? In addition to you, Jesse, are there technologists? Are there members of the finance team as well as you know IT people? Who's involved in this type of project? Right. You have all kinds of people, right? Um, the 3G capital, the operating lean. And so the value someone like me brought was I could be the nexus of all these. Um, I could be the cross-section of all these teams, be the intersection. So, for example, I was uh, head of supply chain finance for a period of time when we were closing plants. So my interaction was I would speak with the COO, the COO working with um, a consulting firm we had at the time and my team, we would establish targets. Where can we close? What can we do? Et cetera. So we would create a high-level plan. And then working with another team, we would model it out, establish an operating plan. So that would – we have to bring in the experts, like people who are in the factories, the controllers of the factories, uh, people who know the products, the specific lines. Right? So that was a very granular exercise. Then you actually have to bring in the IT team so that we can fold this into all the systems and so that all that all those systems can can handle um, the, the massive amount of change that was occurring. So you have everyone from the executives to the operating teams all the way down to IT, not down to IT, but down to IT systems. And um, finance leaders at Kraft Heinz were expected to be able to talk in all these different languages. And again, enterprise initiatives like this one, particularly when a, a merger is involved, they're just so many layers of applications and systems that need to be brought together. Can you give us some sense of how uh, these applications were brought together here? Is there some sort of uh, reporting layer in this case? How was it done? Uh, typically, typically, companies use Oracle HFM, Care Financial Management, as a, a reporting layer on top of several ERP systems. So at Heinz specifically, I think we had like 15, 13 um, different charts of accounts um, to which we had to remap. We had to go through all of that. And we did that in, in one or two months. Um, at Kraft, it was more structured because it was a new spinoff. And that was, that was uh, you know, more traditional Oracle ERP. Now, how did you um, track the success of the rollout or the adoption? So one of the reasons they would ask me to get deployed was, as you might expect, you can get a, such a large transformation is, is basically an exercise in change management. So you can get most of the company to move, but there's going to be a few stragglers. And 
you know, they, they may fall behind for a variety of reasons. And so those reasons vary. Some are because uh, it was unclear what the, di- the differentiation or the delineation between supply chain and commercial was. Other people just didn't understand it. And because of they were so far away from headquarters, they just didn't have the proper training for a variety of reasons. So when I landed, I would just have a really solid conversation with the CFO and all the other, all the other members, right. And talking to people, listening, trying to identify the root cause is really critical because sometimes often people are overwhelmed and they're just like, Hey, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is impossible. This is broken. And really peeling back the onion and peeling back other layers and identifying, breaking down a complex problem into multiple simple problems is is usually the, the right answer. So did you become, I mean, are you, uh, do you think of yourself as a ZBB thought leader today? Oh, absolutely. We, I've since left Kraft Heinz and um, we are working with um, NCR now. Uh, it's a company that makes, it's called National Cash Register. And uh, the reason we chose to come here is because traditionally Kraft Heinz is known to do ZBB or 3G Capital is known to ZBB and it's known to be very, uh, they're known to overcut, so it may impact growth. But we came to NCR because NCR is trying to grow. So we wanted to show that you can do this this type of uh, control, financial control, at a growing company and still let it grow and still have the proper visibility. And since we've been here, revenue has been increasing, so there hasn't been a huge impact. And costs are under control or getting under control as we're implementing. So um, we are working on new tools, new routines, um, where we've recently started working with Bain Capital, sorry, not Bain Capital, Bain and Company, um, a top-tier consulting firm. They've signed on for with us to learn what we're doing. So they've brought in a whole team of 15, 15 people working with us closely to develop IP so that we could potentially roll this out in the future. So we're not only taking what we learned, but we're de- developing a lot of new new ideas, new ways to approach this uh, so that um, so that not only can we deploy to other companies, but we can make it more turnkey, we can make it more implement easier to implement um, in ways that don't exist for any other ZBB implementation. Now, for those uh, CFOs out there who may be wondering whether uh, whether Z, you know, zero-based budgeting is something they should explore or take a harder look at, what are the characteristics of the companies uh, that you think uh, should should be considering ZBB? I think. Um... ZBB can be done in any company, right? But I think it's it's about what you want to do with it. At the end of the day, ZBB is a tool, and um, anyone can just buy a tool, but what you want to get out of it is what varies. So do you want to use this tool to cut costs aggressively? Do you want to use this tool to help you grow? Is this a tool you want? You know, what, is the, what, is the, what is the purpose of all this? And, and, that, that's, and that's where the success of ZBB varies uh, as as people implement ZBB. Uh, people, uh, certain companies implement ZBB mainly because it's a, it's, it's a buzzword. You know, we're doing ZBB, but the cost reduction and how they do it varies across the board. Um, in, all, in, in our opinion, in my opinion, uh, to be successful at ZBB, you need maybe three to five things, depending on how you count this, right? So the first thing is you need a vision. And you need a 
a transformation vision for the company. All right, uh, the leadership needs to be aligned behind this vision. It needs to be a bold mission, and it needs to call for tra- transformation. Right, so so without that, um, it's a non-starter. So if if there is this vision, if there is this leadership alignment, then you can link zero-based budget to, budgeting to this mission, and um, you can explain to people around the company. To, to everyone, uh, why you're doing this, why this change is occurring, and what is the ultimate goal to create a sense of ownership, right? So that 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 is the the leadership, the the personal aspect to get people to understand the why. Um, the how is the tool, right? So um, we have a tool. Um, we're working with gaining company, like I said, um, that can be broadly deployed, um, but. You can't something so broad that impacts transformation should it just be dropped into a company? It needs to, the dials need to get tuned to the culture of the company, how the company does things. So that's the second step: getting these tools, creating a holistic approach for these tools and processes, wrapping um, the mission around these tools, and then tuning it for that specific company. And then lastly, um, getting further employee engagement, either through compensation, really clarifying the case um, and tying the tool that you're building with ultimate leadership and vision. So the, the company, to answer your question, the right company for this is one that has the commitment and the vision to get all of these things to happen. It has less to do with the industry per se than the, ultimately the commitment behind, behind the change. Is there a certain weight class of company uh, that is most likely uh, to benefit from ZBB? The reason smaller companies tend not to put all the work in is because it takes the same amount of effort to change a large company as a small company. The systems you have to put in place, the vision needs to be there, right? It's, it's the same lift, really. Um, you're just calculating different things with, you know, the numbers are larger, essentially. So um, there, there is a light version of this you can do, and it's just the depth to which you want to organize your financial, the, the depth you want to get the visibility, you can, you can turn the dials to meet your needs. So absolutely. Um, I would say that, generally speaking, it's, it's more for companies who are um, later stage in, in the growth of the company. So more, it's generally for more mature companies because uh, more mature companies tend to have better predictability, right? A lot, of, a lot of what we're doing is based on your ability to have a vision or forecast the future. A lot of uh, budgeting is forecasting next year. So your ability to really, really forecast at least a year in advance accurately and, you know, see and have a vision that's, you know, three to five years out would make everything more effective. Really rapidly growing companies that are growing at double, triple digits or startups, just anything could happen the following year. So um, to the extent that the future completely outstrips your predictions, the budget isn't as useful. Thought Leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We have more of our interview after these words from our sponsor. You want smart, 
clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Finally, let me ask about obstacles or roadblocks here. As you seek to uh, have organizations adopt CBB, what, what do you confront? What, what's the perhaps the biggest roadblock you find? Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, when, when we put in these big changes um, with ZBB and also aligning it with the culture, uh, we find that companies do want to change. Um, however, companies don't necessarily always want to go through the pain and the work of changing. Uh, they want the creative dist- destruction. Um, as my old professor, former professor at Yale, Dick Foster would say, uh, they want creative destruction, but they don't want to pay the cost of it. Um, so there's a magical moment when we go through these changes where um, in the beginning we find that companies behave as if you know they had to go to the gym, meaning they want the results but they don't want to go because it's work. right? But if they do it, there's a magical moment around the middle where you see most of the, the systems and routines being put in place where where the benefits, you start to see the benefits and the culture and the reaction as you be in a company starts turning. And then it goes from, oh my gosh, this is so much, or we don't need this, or, you know, resistance to, wow, this is something great. And the conversation has changed towards what if we did these things? How, what if we innovated here? What if we improved them this way? So this magical uh, transition of how um, people think about ZBB as the changes occur, as the savings come in, as you see um, all the pieces of the puzzle from the vision to uh, the process to do uh, the tools coming together and, and magnetically connecting. Um, it's really, really something to see. And that, that's a, a, a great strategic moment experienced in finance to see the transformation happen. Okay. Jesse Yao, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Jack, thanks very much. Happy to be on. Hi, it's Jack. At CFO Thought Leader, we're interested in hearing from you. We want to find out what you would like to hear more of or less of. And so we've created an ever-so-short survey in order to learn from you. The survey is now available right on CFOThoughtLeader.com's homepage. It's open to career finance executives of every rank. Meanwhile, It's that time of year again. CFO Appreciation Day is quickly approaching, and we are once more firing up our kiln and making our CFO Thought Leader Mug 2019 edition available to survey takers who enlist two or more of their finance team members to complete the survey. 
We'll mail you our also coveted CFO Thought Leader mug at zero cost. So visit us at CFOthoughtLeader.com and give us an earful. We would greatly appreciate it. Some rules and restrictions may apply. Thank you.